So yeah, man, appreciate you jumping on and taking some time, especially on short notice, to be a part of this podcast. Um, what I'd like to do is just kind of start out with with a little bit of your story, who you are, what what you're about. You know, I know you're from Louisiana. I know you wrote a book. Mm-hmm. I know you pastor or you were a pastor for a little bit. And then there's been these seasons of kind of figuring what that looks like. Uh, father of four. And and so, yeah, if you just want to kind of kick us off with a little bit of who you are, what you're about, and and then we'll just kind of see where that rolls. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, born Louisiana, like the, 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 the bottom of the boot, the hill, uh, I always say. Um, grew up in a little bitty country town, so that's probably why you why you hear the accent so so heavy. But uh, my parents were my parents were present, but they just had a lot of their own baggage, and so they had a lot of you know they dealt with uh, some hard drugs um, that kind of have progressed through the years, and so it created a very dysfunctional family uh, or dysfunctional atmosphere in, in our in our family. Uh, with me and my sister. So I ended up actually moving out when I was 15. I dropped out of school and was um, uh, ho- uh, house hopping between different family members and in, in, in different uh, in a different city. And so around this time, I just kind of had a, a, the, the best way I can explain is like this, this deep encounter with God that kind of projected me into this place of um, really traveling and, and teaching and, and, and preaching um, and so from that, I got into ministry, uh, vocational ministry, where, where, you know, just served with some different organizations, pastor, children's pastor, student pastor, uh, uh, family and, and associate throughout the years. And it over, over the years, like I've seen where, uh, you know, just where a lot of people in the name of God or, or Jesus or, or ministry sacrifice their families for for ministry and you know i feel like it was a more common thing to do for like a job um you know just like a, a normal day-to-day job but like when i saw yeah, it yeah. in ministry i was like okay like i don't think this is god's heart and so that kind of just um uh, over the years just talking to different students and, and, and people and, and just all these different things that really just kind of increased this okay how, how can we pour into parents uh, how can we pour into, into people who want to be parents and, and how can we set them up? So um, that's like a little bit of my story, just kind of like that, that very dramatic yeah. shift for me at 17 that kind of propelled this, this whole this whole deal. That's awesome, Aaron. I love hearing that. And and so you currently have four kids. Mm-hmm. You guys have been married how long? Like 10 years? Did I? Not, nine years. Nine years, nine years. So mm-hmm. married nine years. So you very quickly decided that parenting and pouring into young families was kind of where your heart was at and that's kind of what what drew me to want to talk to you a little bit is you know I've been I've been thinking a lot lately about parenting and families and and what that looks like because we have eight children I got two adult kids I got six kids that live at home still from 14 to three and and when we first had kids when my wife and I first had kids we were absolutely living by default. We were just going with the flow. Mm-hmm. None of our kids were playing. Like, like, well, the first two certainly weren't playing. Um, and I was drinking heavily. We, we weren't married yet when we had our first child. Um, and, and so like our story is very non-traditional. And, and my first two kids, I would say, were, were definitely raised in a very sort of 
what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of, kind of just, we just did what we were told kind of thing. Mm -hmm. They went to public school because that's what you did. They went to preschool because that's what you mm -hmm. did. There's a few things that we made conscious choices of like, we worked opposite shifts so that our kids weren't in daycare. We didn't want to put mm, them in so good daycare. We wanted to keep the, we wanted to raise our kids, but truth be told, we didn't know what, we didn't know what raising kids meant. Right. Mm. And so now like I'm really passionate about helping young families and helping parents understand like the most important thing you will do with your life. If you have a child is raising that it was raising that kid mm, like, yeah i agree there, there's nothing else i don't care what you do at work i don't care how like there is nothing that is more important than how you send those human beings out into the world right and mm -hmm. i've i found myself in this place where i really am prioritizing being a father mm. and and so you know i'm fascinated by people who picked that skill up or understood that calling way sooner mm -hmm. because yeah it, it took me it took me a minute yeah um, hey but at least you, at least you got it at least you know you're, you're doing it now i feel like there, there's so much uh you know that that you can really anybody that all they have to do is decide to start and decide to be intentional and that they can they can they can make a huge difference um no matter how much time they, they feel like they they've lost and you know we we didn't you, we, we, we parent, we call it parenting by default. And, you know, it's that, that parenting by the way that you were parent and the way that kind of just family expects you to parent. And so we, we actually, and of course, like we, we go through and, and kind of uh, just helping build it uh, from the inside out, like parents, like resisting that temptation to parent the way that their family wants them to parent. And so for us, like, it wasn't always like that, but very soon it was. And so we, we were married. I was 19. She was 17. Uh, we were married about a year and a half before our first child. And then our, our second, they're, they're 13 months apart, uh, call it team A. And so we, we with our, our first child, Emerson, we noticed that, you know, it was just kind of that default parenting. Like we, yeah. we had this, I would say this very deep, intimate relationship with God. But when, when it looked like, you know, our relationship with God and the relationship with our kids, like it was drastically different. You know, God was very gentle with us and very, or, or, or me specific, specifically very gentle with me. And I wasn't very gentle with my, my child. You know, I, I would get frustrated and, and, and like, you know, just these things that wasn't a gentle or intentional parent. And so uh, Allie, my wife, she was actually way ahead of it, you know, she, cause she, she would do the, the research on like the health part and different things like that. But she, I, I remember her coming to me one time and say, we're not going to spank. And I'm like, you know, we, I grew up. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were in the hood. Uh, and, yep. you know, so my, my mama used to beat the mess out of me. And so like not spank, I was like, that was, it was so foreign to me. You know, I had never seen that before. Yeah. And I'm like, Okay, but I wanted to be open because if God wanted, if we felt like God wanted us to do that, then I wanted, I wanted to be obedient. And so I remember that the shift happened for me. I had a dream. And in the dream, um, uh, it, it was like God asking me, are you parenting the way that I parent you? And like yeah. in that moment, like everything shifted. And I said, wow. I said, no. And so, you know, starting out, 
of course, when you, when you tell, uh, you, you have to, because uh, we believe in discipline. So it, it makes it when you can't just like lash out and spank, you know, which we had, we had promised from the, the, the very beginning that we won't, we wouldn't spank our children out of anger. And yeah. so when we, when we decided to, to do that, then, uh, and, and wait until like our emotions pass before we spank, like we realized we don't spank. Like that, we, we never, we never did spank uh, unless it was in anger. And so this discipline thing, like when we would discipline our kids, like it would be very intentional. We had pretty much stopped any conversation that was going on. And like, we would get down to their level and yeah. talk wherever they were at. And so, uh, you know, just little things like that. Yeah. As far as being intentional, uh, we didn't get it, uh, right off the bat. Now we have, we have two kids that, you know, are our third, uh, he's like, you know, he doesn't know any of that. And so it's yeah. been very cool to see how, uh, just the development process with, with him, uh, cause he, he's three, uh, but like you could tell so much more, more different from the, uh, when, when Emerson and Zion was, was younger, which Zion was like, kind of like on the tail end, he, he was right in the, right in the middle of the transition, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I know our first two kids, we, Carrie never spanked any of them. And it, it reminds me of like this conversation we have often about reaction versus a response, right? Like you said, mm, like, yeah. you wait to think through how you want to discipline your child. And then you go to spank them because you think that's the proper discipline. Mm -hmm. You don't spank them because that's not really a healthy response, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and, and when you put it through the lens of how my heavenly father treats me, mm -hmm. then, you know, yes, it's a definitely a, a misaligned response, right? And so I always think about like, how do we react? Because for me, the times that, that when we, before we chose not to physically discipline our kids, I would spank them and, or they'd get a smack on the butt or they get smacked in the back of the head, like, hey, get your act together. Mm that was always a reaction. It wasn't a, a response. Like I'm thinking it through because mm. like you said, like if you, if you, if you can get down on their level and talk to them and meet them where they're at, like you can really have a, a much greater impact. And yeah. I read something a few, a few years back that really struck me about how we react to our children's behavior through the lens that we have or we would have had at that same age mm, that's good right? so like when my 14 year old behaves a certain way i i get i tend to get frustrated because i feel like i feel like they're entitled i feel like they have this sense of entitlement but the reality is, is just that i grew up poor and we didn't have video games we didn't have color television like we didn't yeah, have color it's TV. completely different generation and, and color tvs existed it wasn't like i'm, I'm not that old it was just, <laughs> we just didn't own one. like yeah. like so when i hear my son talk about some of the struggles that he has i'm thinking about it like man when i was 14 i didn't have leather chuck taylors i didn't have an xbox i didn't have a a desk in my own so I and when I read that article and was processing that information I was like man if I try to flip back to like what he's experiencing not what mm -hmm. I experienced but what he's yeah. experiencing, I have no concept of what it's like to be a 14 year old a 12 year old a 10 year old in 2021 yeah the access to information the internet streaming mm -hmm. television, the amount of content that's out there 
and kids yeah. are challenges, man. So it's yeah. hard. And I think for Carrie and I, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on this, because for Carrie and I, we set out to be different parents, mm-hmm. but it was never modeled for us. So we didn't even know how. And then you couple that with, you got to make money to mm-hmm. live. You got to pay the rent. You got to buy the food. You got to pay the, the, the gas bill. And so, so often we would set out the day with a good intention, but then like the realities of our commitments to work or, or other things would supersede those like, like long-term decisions with our kids. Right. Yeah. And, and so like, I know you and Allie both work from home mm-hmm. and have like sort of that privilege. Cause I think I look at my situation with Carrie and I both being from home we have, there's a little bit of privilege there that I can say, like, I'm home all day with my kids. If I choose, yeah. I don't have yeah. to go to work. Now we could make more money if I chose to get a job, like a yeah. traditional job, but I choose not to, so I can be home with my kids. And like, and some, some would say, well, that's a sacrifice you're making. I'm like, I don't see it that way. I see it as like, that's, that's a privilege I have. That's a blessing I have that I get to, yeah. I get to make that choice. So how, how do you, how do you rec or like encourage, I guess, parents who are working you know dual income nine to five jobs raising kids to yeah. maintain that level of energy it takes to be intentional yeah what what we do and, and this is one of the things that we actually do in our i call it the if group Ali always last name but it's our intentional family group and we i i believe that anybody if you desire to be intentional like whether you work a nine to five nine to seven whatever there, there's some thing, there's some hack that you can, you can do. And so it may look like just sitting down for five minutes, even though you're exhausted, but five minutes and just give your undivided attention to your, to your child. It may look like, you know, creating 30 minutes for yourself to, to kind of dive deep into your, to your mind of why you, why you react every time they, this certain thing happens or, or why you can't feel like you can get to this habit. Um, and so, that's kind of like that. That's really what we go. But I, I really think, or that's what we kind of what we teach and, and what we what we instill in really anybody we talk to. But I believe it comes down to a point of what kind of culture do you want to create? Because one of the things you know that you that anybody have, whether you're in the workplace or or just in general, it's a um, or especially when you just get married, it's this this uh, these two opposing cultures that clash. And so what happens is, you know, uh, for example, for marriage, like you're learning somebody's internal world, you're learning, you're learning, they have a whole life uh, before you. And so you're learning these things. And a lot of times, like there will be these clashes and like it, 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 it uh, manifests itself as, oh, you put the toilet paper the wrong way or, oh, like you keep putting your clothes right there in these little bitty things. But it's like deciding uh, yourself, if you're a single parent or you know, with your, with your partner, if you're, if you're a parent, but like, what kind of culture do we want to create? And, you know, so do we want a, cult, a culture that's intentional? Do we want a culture where our kids see that, okay, family is important. Family is the highest thing or the highest priority uh, beyond making money or beyond, uh, you know, hanging out with, with other people or beyond like all these like extravagant things or whatever the case might be. Like, what kind of culture do you want to set in your home and then working from there? And, you know, for some people that may, you know, they may have that intention, they may have that desire, but uh, they're in, 
you know, they're, they're in this, they're in this system that they want to do that, but they don't know how to make a living. And that's perfectly fine. You know, start with where you're at, but keep that vision in mind. And so that's kind of, we, we really, we really kind of like dive in because, you know, there's so much that goes into like with the individual person and what you were saying, you know, uh, what you're hinting to with the react and responding, um, you know, a lot of times it's getting that out the way. Uh, which is yeah. it's harder when you're it's harder when you're working 60 70 hours a week but like doing that work and saying okay like who am i like why do i act this way like i don't want i don't want this this, this thing to be and like when parents do that when 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 uh, partners when spouses when they do that then what happens is because uh, you know we could tell our you, you could tell your kids so much so much stuff but a lot of times like the culture that they adapt or that they grow into between five and, and seven years of age like it's all it's all caught you know you're the, the say parenting is caught not uh taught and yeah. so they're watching your habits they're watching how you respond to situations they're watching how you respond to pressures of life they're they're watching how you how you talk to your spouse or talk to their siblings or talk to them like they're watching that and they're picking up on that and yeah. so really for us it, it's that creating that culture and uh you know one of the big things that, that we teach people and, and that we really hold ourselves to a standard is communicating you know, communicating our emotions. So we might be mad in a moment and we might flash out and, you know, we, we have those, those times, but by the end of the day, like we're apologizing for that outburst. We're, we're, yeah. we're talking through like, Hey, I was actually dealing with this. And, you know, from, from really when we started, when our kids were real little, like we were having conversations with them, like they were, like they were grown. And so yep. now, yeah. you know, our, our oldest, like she'll say, Hey, like that, you really made me feel that way. And she communicate on the level that, a lot of adults that, that I've seen, yeah. you know, over, over the years it's, don't even communicate that. It's crazy to me. I, I mean, we homeschool and I know you guys homeschool too. So I want to, I want to kind of unpack that a little bit, but I, the number of times people tell me like your kids are able to have a conversation with adults, like a lot of kids their age can't. And I, I, it took me a while to figure out why that was or what the, what was different. Cause I always kind of looked at it like, they're just, they're just our kids. I don't, I, don't, I didn't understand the, the conversation we were having. And then I realized it's like our how we've never baby talked. We've never like there's in a conversation or a topic in our house that's off limits. Now, mm, you know, I may so respond differently to my 14 year old than I do to my five year old if they mm -hmm. ask the same question. But it's never like, well, you're not old enough to understand that you're not old enough to like we will have those conversations with them. And I think because they have older siblings also they're always observing all of that right and so my like i love how you talk about like the emotional intelligence of your kids because you're going to them and you're communicating how you feel and you're expressing to them how important it is because i think a lot of parents they're afraid to be honest with their kids and be like i don't know what the hell i'm doing like yeah, yeah. There are just some there, there are times I, i've like carrie and i we have the the six that live in our house now and we have a 23-year-old and a 21-year-old. Well, there are things that my now 14 and 12-year-olds are experiencing that you would think, because they're our third and fourth kid, well, we've already been down that road. Mm -hmm. But the age gap and just the cultural differences, it's like, like, I know you're 14 and you're the third kid in the line or you're, you're the four, fifth kid or the sixth kid in the line. I've never experienced this. And yeah. I really don't know what I'm doing. So we're going to have to figure yeah. this together. And that means that, you look at me as your dad and as the leader, but I'm going to probably fail. And mm -hmm. 
you got to walk with me in that. And we got to figure this out. Yeah. I think a lot of parents try to take that stance of like, I'm the parent, you're the kid. Mm. I'm going to tell you what's up. You're going to listen. And it's like, that's cool. But nine times out of 10, you're not going to get it right. And you got to be mm-hmm. comfortable back to your kid and being like, my bad. Like, yeah. And recognizing like the humanity in us. Like, I love my son, but there are times that I've lashed out at him mm-hmm. about things or I've overreacted to something he's done. And I've had to go back to him and say, hey, man, what you did was out of line. But my response was over the line as well, because I was actually angry about these other seven things mm. and not this one. Right. Yeah. And what I've seen is that within our kids over time, like I would go to him and apologize and he would be like, whatever. And he would have an attitude or he'd still be angry. Now, if I go to him and apologize, he's like, yeah, we're good because he's already recognized mm, that, like, so good. my response or my reaction to him wasn't about him. He's, he's been yeah. able to learn that like most people's stuff, that's their stuff. That's not about me. That's, that's about, that's about what yeah. he's going through. And. Which is so, so good you. because you, you explain your emotions that it, it, when we, when we take the time to like express ourselves and express what we're feeling, um, and then even, even process, I'm thinking like it in create, it creates this emotional intelligence in our kids. So now they can relate like, okay, daddy was mad. Mommy was mad about that. And this was happening. And so they start to PC, they, they start to conceptualize these, these, these things, uh, at a very young age when we take the time and when we express ourselves, uh, yeah, yeah. For so me, a lot really, of it's about, really awesome. It, it, it is and it's about modeling that behavior like we've had open conversations with my daughters that like I am on a mission to make mm-hmm. it hard for them to find a husband yeah mm-hmm. I'm gonna love their mom in a way that they deserve to be loved and, mm-hmm. and like we've had the conversation like as, I, as our daughters are starting to get older about like I hope it's hard for them to find a good spouse because I want to set the bar high for them. I want them yeah. to know. Like, and I've had people ask me sometimes, they're like, how do you and your wife get through stuff? And it's like, well, first it's not how, it's why. And it's because mm, we're committed. Right? Yeah. And you talked about it, you know, um, um, you talked about like the communication. Mm-hmm. Like in all of the successful and intentional things that I've seen bring like, to fruition communication has been like one of the underlying tenets right so Mm -hmm. like how do you guys go through or like what are some some hacks that you have like in your intentional parenting group um, or intentional family group that that help people communicate because i think there are a lot of families out there are a lot of parents husbands and wives who really lack the ability to communicate yeah I think one of the things communicating healthy because every everybody you know you're going to communicate sure. regardless. It just might not be in a healthy way. It might be uh, you know in a, in a certain thing that you do. Like when you you get mad and like you just shut down or you get mad and clean up or like some little some little nuance. And so what we do we we talk about uh, identify or one of the one of the primary things that we do, we talk about identifying triggers or identifying uh, childhood traumas. 
that you might have experienced that just kind of made you not be able to communicate or, or, or process emotions uh, a certain way and just flash and lash out. And so we, we talk about that uh, a lot for communicating, but even the thing with uh, Ali and I, we, we realized that the way that we communicate, what you were just hinting to, which is so awesome, the way that we communicate to each other is setting the bar for our children. And so we believe that, uh, you know, the same, the same standard that we hold ourselves to, we hold or the same standard that we, we talk about and hold our children to, uh, we, we hold our, our, ourselves to and, and we communicate. And so it may look like, um, you know, depending on where we're at or what we're dealing with, it may look like, okay, I can't have this conversation with you right now because emotionally, like I need to process some stuff or mentally, like I have all this stuff that I, I need to figure out. So we're going to have to pause on this relationship and or pause on this communication and then resume it at another time. And so that's a, you know, the traumas and triggers. And then really, once you kind of do that, like in the same vein, it's knowing, uh, just really knowing yourself a little bit more. So, I mean, one of the, one of the biggest things we, we do um, is like getting down and like, okay, who are you? You know, who, who are you? Like, why do you do what you do? Like, what, 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 how does your inner world work? And like, we really challenge people to, to, to dig deep into that. And how they how they process information emotionally, and then another thing that we do is that we believe because you know I would say we're people people of faith like we believe like in a, a holistic uh, uh, approach, and so we don't just we don't just tackle things at at, at a physical or, or mental or emotional level. We have that spiritual aspect too, and so even though that's that's it's simple, but it's complex in in, in nature. Like we take that into consideration when we're communicating with our kids or, 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 or to, to others or, or to ourselves. And so uh, just kind of, you know, we might not be able to have certain conversations around certain people or in certain environments. And so another, another little quick uh, tip is like making sure the, the, the atmosphere, the environment, the, the context is set to even have this conversation, yeah. you know? Uh, because it, there might be some things that, you know, I'm not going to talk about around your mom, you know, I'm, right. not, I'm, I'm, I'm just not going to do that. So, hey, yeah. like, don't talk to me about those situations. And then it, it's really, you know, to, to sum all that up, it's really like overly communicating. And so we, we get some things like, or, or me, I really, I like challenging myself in, in this manner of like, okay, and, and really, I feel like God has really kind of challenged me because he, he's so... I felt him uh, tell me to apologize when I didn't think I was wrong, you know? It's so like, okay, go apologize. Whether it's to Allie or to other people, I'm like, I didn't do anything though. Like, why? Yep. And so this thing of like overly, or he was training me to like overly communicate. And so now like, it's like, okay, like, hey, like I really don't want to talk about that right now. Or hey, like, let, let's talk about this. Like, when is a good time? And just like overly communicating uh, to to the other person, or or even to our, our kids, or any any kind of relationship. Yeah, uh, really. That's so good, and it's it was such a hard lesson for me to learn because I grew up in a house. You know, we talk about like we we repeat the the sins of our fathers, whether yep. we want to or not, unless we actively go seek different behaviors. Because you know, if that's what was modeled for us, and so we can say all mm -hmm. oh, we want. I don't want to be like my dad, or I don't want to be like my mom, or I don't want to. But unless you actively go find 
other methodologies, you're going to repeat that because that's just what you know. And early on in our marriage, I mean, Carrie and I have been been together 25 years. And early on in our marriage, probably till about seven years ago, um, I would force conversations because she would she would take after her mother and would kind of shut down and not talk. Mm-hmm. And I would go the opposite direction and be like, we have to talk about this. And I would push so hard that she didn't feel like there was a safe space to talk about it. Mm, yeah. I would get angrier and angrier the longer it took for her to open up. And it, I finally realized that like, there has to be a space you have to be in the mental like there has to be a framework to have that conversation mm-hmm. and and because she was coming from a place of like not knowing how to express herself or having fear around expressing herself that I was only going to get little bits and pieces at a time until she felt safe and then she would tell me more and then she would tell me more and mm. even now, at our, like our 25th year into our relationship, we've been married 23 years, she'll sit me down and be like, I need to talk to you about something and tell me something oh, wow. from 10 years ago. Wow. She's just gotten to a place that she feels safe sharing it. And, and I'm the opposite. Like you could ask me anything and I'll just tell you. And you'd be off yeah. the street. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm an open book. Like he knows yeah. everything. So <laughs> you might as well know yeah. it too. <laughs> we're just so different that way but it took me forever to learn that sometimes you can table the conversation you can communicate about it later and and still get results and it's such a it's such a skill to learn even like today we sat down to do something that needs to be done it's kind of got a time it's time sensitive and something happened that triggered her like you said like there was a trigger and she immediately got angry about something and so she fixed that or whatever and came back sat down and I had moved on I was like we're not going to have this we're not going to do this thing with you in that mood and she was like well are we going to do it or not and I was like well we'll do it but you need to be in my headspace and you're not yeah. there right now. yeah in the past I would have just been like we're on a schedule we got to get it done we're going to do it right now and yeah. it would have turned into a fight and and it takes time. And I wonder from a, from a outside the parenting thing, but from like a relationship standpoint, do you see, do you feel like parents or couples understand like the amount of time they're going to be together? Cause I feel like a lot of couples are trying to like solve everything right away. And it's like, man, if you're committed to a lifelong relationship, it's some of this stuff takes years to figure yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I I believe that, you know, we, we're always going to have these obstacles. We're, we're always going to have these challenges in relationships, whether it's our spouse or our kids. But pr- I believe principles translate. And so, yeah. you know, one of the things with growing with somebody is they're going to change, you know. And, and it's really a privilege when, when you're in a committed relationship. And, and that's one of the, the, I believe, one of the reasons that, you know, marriage, marriage is the way to go is because we're committed. So we're going to we're going to work through it. Uh, but like, you know, you're you're growing, hopefully, uh, in like this, this in this, this weird way that's all over the place. But also you're, you're connected with somebody that also that's also um, hopefully growing. 
And, you know, as, as yeah. you're growing, it's these, it's these relational dynamics uh, that you may change every 10 years or whatever the case might be. But being able to communicate, you know, essential uh, and be able to realize, like, just what you were saying, like the long term. Yeah. You know, so what if, if I respond this way, like, how is that going to affect long term? Um, and, you know, and when I feel like and that's just like a principle, I, I feel like when we take that that kind of mindset, then it's like, oh, OK, then if I live uh, or let me put it this way, God, God just asked me this question at this retreat. Are you living in the past or are you living from the future? You know, and so like a lot of times, like our past hurts or thing, we get caught up in this loop, uh, negative or, or positive, whatever the case might be. But we get caught up in this loop of like, OK, you're just responding because of these past programs or these past experiences that you have rather than living from the future. Um, you know, our eyes are on the front of our face for like a reason. You know, we see forward yeah. in the way that God intended for us to live is from vision from the inside out from this this higher reality that whatever whatever you want to call it but it's so having a vision a long-term vision like okay like i'm going to be with my my spouse until forever you know so this is a very important relationship yeah. okay so how do i handle that relationship uh, dynamically and and what what i've learned over the years and obviously still learning is that when I approach it from that kind of perspective, then it helps me, it helps me get through those challenging things or even kind of like hold off on some things that I really want to go into or I really want to push because I, I know that the time will come or I know that there'll be a better time than right then to talk about it. And, you yeah. know, same thing kind of shifting into like the, the relation with our kids, you know, knowing that one of the things for me is it's kind of like this, this, you know, sober uh, reality, but my kids aren't my kids. You know, I believe that that we're help we're we're here to help guide them on the way that God God wants for them. So, like how so it 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 leaves for each child a very unique because I mean they are their own person. Um, and you know, if we just try to take what we taught this child onto this child, then yeah. it could be very damaging long term. You know, yeah. and so. It really takes like, okay, I thought I knew you, but I, you know, and this worked for, for, for you, Emerson, but this isn't going to work for you, Zion, or this, this, you yeah. know, I see that you're your own different person. You have these own things. And so relationally uh, attacking it, like, um, okay, you're your own person. So I'm going to have to shift or I'm, how does this principle apply to that relationship? Yeah. Um, it's so good. It's, you raise this really interesting point two of them really because i think about like you guys getting married at 19 and 17 and you talk about like how you grow and you change as people like mm -hmm. i mean scientifically we know like our brains aren't even fully formed till we're like 25 right mm -hmm. so terry and i were married at she was 19 i was 23 so we're both in similar situations in that like man the first 10 years of our marriage we're still figuring out who we are as people mm -hmm. yeah and, and, and now you're in this committed relationship and for i think for both of us like with children right and so yeah. it's like, it's like, man like how does that venn diagram work of like figuring out who i am figuring out how to raise other people and giving my spouse the space to figure out who she is but also wanting to have a thing together like people you know i did this podcast the other day about marriage and how i don't really think and i know i didn't give this much 
as much thought as I do with hindsight, but I don't know that people really understand the complexity of marriage and like mm. the enormity and the, the length of time. Like I've been with my wife for now more than half of her life yeah. and, and we'll go another 20, 30 years, God willing. And so for the majority, vast majority of her lifetime, we will be partners and same for me. Um, and so I'm fascinated by like how much people like just jump into like marriage or what that looks like. Um, and then, oh, what was the other thing you said that I don't remember? It escapes me. But there was another point that you made, and we'll, it'll come back or it won't. Yeah. No, I, I think you know it's the complexity when you when you commit to somebody. Like that's a, that's a big deal. Like I, I'm very thankful because you know I didn't. My parents were both in my life, but you know they they weren't they weren't in their right mind type deal uh and you know just their, their their connection brought like this this highly dysfunction so like i've seen kind of i've seen that and, and even said multiple times it probably would have been better for them to or at least for a healthier atmosphere for them to be be uh separated but there was something in that just like okay like sticking it out uh you know whether whether you know whatever whatever create there's something about like that 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 sticking it out like through all these these different seasons that was ingrained in me that said okay like if, if they could do it then you know we we could do it but also this thing of uh the complexity is especially when you know you put in a uh, westernized culture because we, we you know we we move is we, we move way faster than than uh, a, yeah. a lot of other parts of the world and then you do in like childhood trauma childhood or the abuse you you throw in okay now you got some kids now you got like this this whole identity shift uh, every you know seven to ten years type deal and you know one of the things that I'm really thankful for personally that I, I, I felt uh, that has helped me navigate like a lot of just kind of being able to function with my family but also uh, realize like the 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 trauma from sexual abuse that I experienced when when I was a child like these things like one of the things that I, I, I hold in high regard is my relationship with God, because what what happened what happened was I was able to, uh, in a sense, get outside of my body, and so I was able to from that relationship, um, I was able to see like, okay, Patrick, the reason why you respond this way is because this happened to you, mm -hmm. or the reason why you don't respond this way is because you've never been exposed to that level of communication or, or that level of relationship or, and so these things of, I think it's so important, especially when raising a family and going through and, and being intentional in your personal growth and the growth with, with uh, your, your spouse is this thing of like, get to be able to get outside of your body yeah. and see like, okay, and reconceptualize, which is a, a very, very, I mean, you, you have some way more qualified people to, to talk about on, on your podcast. Uh, but like this thing of getting outside your body and be able to put the pieces together. And so it's this thing of like being able to come out, which a lot of times when we're, when we're fast paced and we're, when, when we're stuck in like this loop from trauma that we haven't, that we haven't uh, handled or, or confronted, you know, yeah. we can't do that. We can't reconceptualize. So, so I would say it in this way, the enemy takes that part of us 
that God intended for us to be able to, to change and shift and live with harmony with other people and, the, and, li- and be in peace and joy and these different things. Um, when we are, you know, going back, it's, it's uh, more simply put, it's our external world dominating our internal world or our internal culture. And, you know, yeah. God, God, I believe that God created us to live the other way around, like from the inside. And so no matter yeah. if I can't pay this bill or no matter if, you know, this crazy situation just happened right, uh, right in front of me at the store or, uh, you know, this, I don't know what's happening with you. You know, you're going through your own stuff. Like it's crazy and it's making me frazzled. That doesn't, that should never be able to dictate me as much as my internal world dictates me. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. I can draw peace. I can draw joy. I can draw love. I can draw kindness. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not dictated by the outside culture. I'm dictated from this in this internal relationship between me and God. And so one of the things with bringing that into relationship and the complexity that, um, you know, I'm so thankful for is that it's been for me, you know, going through those kind of growth things, it's been like, okay, like Patrick, like you're really like, this is, this is getting to you, you know? Uh, okay. So, so talk with me or, or, or let me, let me go on like my quiet time or whatever, talk that out and not take that out on my family, Yeah, you know? And so just, yeah, sometimes, you know, it, it, it happens, but like limiting those, uh, uh, reactions and, and, yeah. and just growing and then cleaning up your mess if you do do it, you know? And yeah, not I like, think there's, I think let there's, ego get you. Yeah. The, the, I mean, ego is definitely the same, like prideful, right? Like you don't want to admit, mm-hmm. you, you don't want to admit you made mistakes. I think the ability to sort of recognize unhealthy behavior yeah, and, and the faster you can recognize it, the better. That way you can identify what those triggers are. Um, and then I love what you said about like the internal versus external fight because our culture move so fast i heard this quote this morning that like i had to stop and think about it was him and i sat there like pondering this quote and i'm supposed to, like you know it's, the gym's busy people are like waiting on a machine and i'm like sitting there going what did that dude just say hold on let me, let me rewind yeah. Wait, he, said, he said fast thinking is the enemy of an advanced civilization and it just it and they were talking specifically about like how we have so much content, we have so much noise, the the Twitterverse, the Facebook, the the headlines, people aren't reading in depth, they're not critically thinking, and they're not really unpacking. And they were talking a lot about like how there's this polarization in, in, in politics and, and anything we talk about anymore, right? Because I'm mm-hmm. sure that there's parents listening right now who are just like, I don't have time to be intentional. Or I said intention, but it just gets away from me because I got soccer and school and work and this and that and this and that. And like, I get that. But um, it, it was such a powerful thing to think about. Like, we got to stop just skimming the headlines and, and like of our kids' lives and like mm-hmm. really dig down and go, okay, talk to me about this. Talk to me about that. And if your kid's giving you attitude or if they're not wanting to express themselves, like recognizing that that's not because they don't like you or that's not because they don't they don't want to talk about it. It may be because they don't know how to talk about it. Yeah. You gotta peel that onion back over and over and over again 
till you get to like the root cause of that, which reminded me what I was trying to remember earlier was you mentioned, you talked about how like your kids aren't yours. And, and I think this is another challenge and I'm wondering what your experience is with this because I see a lot of parents living vicariously through their kids. You know, like they do things or they have their kids involved in things. Maybe their kids don't want to even be involved in whether it's mm-hmm. like the, like the, the, the trope about it would be like sports, right? Like my dad mm-hmm. played football, so I got to play football. Or my dad was an attorney, so I got to be an attorney. And then you find out like, dude doesn't want to be an attorney. He wants to be an artist or like yeah. an actor or my dad was like, whatever that, whatever that case would be. But like this idea that like my kids right? We're possessive of them. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is that I'm their father. Yeah. Like, and it's more accurate to say that my job here is not to own them or control them, but to, the word I've always liked is steward. Like, I'm kind of yeah, just here so good. Them on their path, keep them safe to a point where you know, they've got the skills needed to kind of self-actualize, right? Like, yeah, become what they were meant to be. Yeah. And when I shifted my mindset around that. I found like my ego took a hit because it's yeah. like, you want to be in control. It's like, I want a football yep. star. I want a whatever, whatever. Yeah. But I found that like, I was so much more at peace sometimes with their journey when I realized it wasn't, it's not a reflection of me. Mm-hmm. it's 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 actually the opposite if that makes sense i don't know yeah um, I, I think you know two things uh i believe any parent and, and this is why we kind of we we try to gather people that has that that same intentional desire not necessarily that their their lifestyle can can be as intentional as us because you know you're on your own journey like it's going to look different but like if you have that desire then we can work together and, you know, it, it goes back to attention is energy, you know, so being able, being able to pinpoint or being able just to create enough space to, for, for your, your child to know that when they get upset, like they respond this way, uh, and then being able to confront that in a healthy way that, that builds on long-term relationships is so key, uh, because that, that nine times out of 10, when they get 13, like it's going to change, it's going to shift. But when, if you establish, if you establish that connection point, if you gave that energy right there, even if you had the, you know, the, the 18 hour shift, uh, but if you just over time, like those five minutes, creating those, creating those safe spaces, like you mentioned earlier, for them to communicate, then long-term, you know, it's going to be a, a huge win. And so, you yeah. know, for, 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 for that part, uh, you know, just give, just giving attention, just, just creating that, that, that space and just, Hey, like being honest, like, I, I don't, I don't really know, you know, uh, I don't know how to, to respond to this or, or how to, to act like that, but you know, that's kind of the, that's, that's the nature of it. Uh, and, and letting them into the process of that, uh, which I think is one of, one of the key things as far as these spiritual progressions, because we could, we could raise kids that, you know, they, they, they're prim and proper. You, you teach them how to shake hands. You teach them how to talk to people and, and whatever the case might be. But spiritually, if they aren't built up 
then what happens is they're going to get into the world and they're just going to adapt to whatever spirit, you know, whatever, whatever is that energy that's in that job, you know, and so they're not going to be, which it goes back to the, the type of culture that you want to raise for, for us, we believe in a, a culture of impact, you know, so we, we want to raise our kids to be impactful in the sense of, you know, when they go into an environment, they leave it better than what it was. Yeah. And so that looks like, uh, you know, school for, for a lot of times, um, and which I, I love that, that you got, you, you guys did for the daycare. One of the things that we don't take into consideration, um, in parenting is the spiritual atmosphere of our kids and what they're exposed to. Um, so, you know, one practical example w- without getting too deep, we, we, you know, there, there's some movies, okay, we, we won't let our kids watch, but like, we will let our kids watch a, a PG-13 movie, uh, uh, especially like we feel like God, because we believe exposing them to certain things that, that sparks this question or this conversation or even this, yeah. this uh, intentional way of thought. So we don't shy away from those things like, okay, uh, mom, mommy, like why, why, why are they doing this? Or, you know, what's that word? Uh, like, for example, one of the, uh, the Black Panther, we love Marvel movies. And so I remember one time uh, we were watching we were watching Black Panther, and then there was uh, one time or the, this part where the 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 sister like flicks off Black Panther, and like you know we we don't we 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 don't we don't flick flick each other off, uh, yeah. but not that anything's wrong with that, but the spirit behind it could be the very wrong. And so my, I remember Emerson like holding up her fingers like oh what's that? Like, oh, I was like, oh, well, that's this, this, this. And, you know, some people use it, use it for this. And, uh, it's so knowing, being able to pinpoint, like, just like we would call out emotions is, is one of the big things that we are identifying emotions is one of the big things that we, we teach our, our parents and then people that uh, want to live that intentional life, like pinpointing the spirit, like, Hey, like they weren't like, that was, that was hateful or, or that was, that yeah. wasn't right that they did that. And so bringing that, that spiritual aspect into this thing, you know, it changes things. So So our kids aren't going to go to school uh, unless, you know, we feel like it's time for them to go and make an impact, but they're going to be so built up from the inside out that they'll, they'll step into a place and shift it and not, and not become this, be able to be molded or or taken advantage of in that sense. Yeah. That's so good. I, uh, we've had this conversation with our girls quite a few times especially the younger ones, because they'll do something that hurts somebody else's feelings or creates some tension. And then mm-hmm. as we start to unpack what happened, like what they did wasn't necessarily wrong. But what I always ask them is like, where, what was your intention? Where was your heart at when you said mm, that? Yeah. Because it wasn't necessarily a bad thing, but the person who received it knew that you weren't coming with a happy heart. Like, you yeah. Were ending something you were being unkind right mm-hmm. it's like, well, yeah i get it it's not you know it wasn't wrong but your your intention behind it was not to bring peace and love it was, yeah it was to yeah. stir pot or mix something up yeah so, so <laughs> yes you didn't do anything wrong but where was your heart at so i love that conversation um which goes and, back to that and, communication that communication part and calling it out you know, even if you don't, even if you're, you yeah. know, only 51% sure, but when we call it out, when we identify it, it creates something inside of our mind, inside of our child's mind that says, 
that identify it's just like kind of like training a dog or anything you know with the yep. uh, with the clicker or whatever you know you're 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 associating this clicker with really any animal you're as associating this noise with a certain reward and so where that action is like they identify with it same yeah. thing it's calling it out even if you don't know just addressing it and bringing it up bringing it outside into conversation so that they can start to to see yeah. uh, and, and like you said earlier actualize like what that is and, and over time even if you don't know yourself of uh, over time what happens is you you may begin to know like okay like i see that i see where the the two connect but also yeah. your child gets to see like where the where the two meet up or where the, the, yeah. the pieces of puzzle connect well and they start calling each other out they start they start to be like, hey, that wasn't cool. Well, I didn't do anything wrong. And it's like, well, where was your heart at? And they're like, mm. oh, it's like when, when you got 12 year olds asking each other where their attentions are, where their yeah, heart that's <laughs> like, you know, it's just funny because, like, I mean, I've had, I've had conversations with my kids where we've educated them on something or we've tried to impart some sort of ideology or thought process into them. And then weeks or months go by and I'll make a mistake or I'll like kind of slip and they have no problem coming to us and saying, Hey, what, where was your heart? Or, or, you know, yeah. And like, it's like, wow. Okay. So one, you're listening and two, you're actually using that in the right context. Like you're actually bringing that to the conversation in the right way, which for me is like, it's, it's a huge part of the reason why and I love what you said about letting them watch movies that are maybe old. Cause like Emerson's what, like eight, nine, seven, seven. Okay. So Emerson's mm -hmm. seven watching PG 13, which some people would look at and go, well, that's just, that's where yeah. I'm at. But like, I'm in the same boat as you. Like I know that my kids are going to be exposed to things that I don't necessarily want them to be exposed to, mm -hmm. but I'm going to get to control that. Like that's, yeah. That's the world that we live in. So for me, I would much rather have them exposed to it in my presence, have them ask mm -hmm. me the questions so that I can communicate to them. And it develops that space so that when they're 15, 16, 17, and they're being exposed to really adult things that maybe could be very harmful to them, we have already established that we can have open, honest conversation about it without shame, without judgment. And it's just like, okay, here's what this is. Because my, my biggest fear was like, my parents were very much unavailable. And so if like, I had my first drink at 16 and I was an alcoholic by the time I was 18. Mm, and, well. and that was because I couldn't go talk to my parents when I, you know, when I had my first drink, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have a pathway with them to be open and honest and say, Hey, I was at a party and this is what happened. And, and to have them guide me in that way, it was. I had to figure it out on my own and yeah. I just don't have the, the, the framework at 16, 17 to figure that out. And so with our kids, we're very much the same way where like my oldest boy was exposed to pornography at seven years old mm, Yeah, and, and, and at school. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. well, okay, let's unpack that. <clears throat> so now it's like, we have these open conversations about anything. If they can ask the question, they're ready for a response. This mm -hmm. is kind of the way I view it now. Yeah, no, that's good. That's really, really good. A way more detailed response about sex than my five-year-old, right? Yeah. 
Like you got to know your audience and you got to cater there. But I'm not going to tell my five-year-old, oh, you just figure that out when you get older because something has already been presented to her that mm-hmm. would cause her to ask the question. Yeah. So I don't want to push that off. Like, oh, dad doesn't talk about that. Yeah. Nope. Well, we talk about it and we're open about yeah. it. There's no shame in it. And yeah. I think it's so important because I feel like a lot of parents, like I know for me and my wife, neither one of us had those conversations with our parents. Like when my dad yeah. said to have like the birds and the bees talks, I was like, uh-huh. we're so far past that conversation. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there ain't nothing you can tell me. Like, I'm sure you yeah. probably have similar. Yeah. You know. And, you know, I, I, I think one of the things that I think it goes to is when we're just going and we're not living intentionally uh, because we don't desire to or because we just have so much junk in our lives that, that that's just piling up that we haven't stopped and, and, and been still to address, then what happens is we don't, we just, oh, you know, we, we, we just push off those questions. Um, and, you know, one of the things that happens when it, any kind of relationship, when you don't invest time in it, you know, over time, it's going to, it's going to separate it. It's going to, it's not going to be the highest quality that it can be if you were to invest your time, invest your, 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 you know, your attention, your energy into those questions. So we, I mean, we take the same, we take the same approach as far as like, okay, what questions are you asking? And like, uh, you know, just because of the, the way that we set up, we're, we're very privileged of being able to go a little bit deeper uh, yeah. into those into those conversations uh, without you know sacrificing time for other things and that's you know one of our things we just believe that that is important and uh, you know another thing I feel like it's so important when we when we do that is I call it the law of first impression okay uh, and you know so when 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 we met you know, the first time like that was it. It's almost set a uh, or it did set a uh, a certain level of expectation or a certain it it impacted our relationship of uh, moving on. You know what I mean? So when our kids or or even us, like when we're exposed to something for the first time, like it's going to carry a certain weight in in our in our in our hearts and our minds and in 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 all all capacities of life, but. It's it's so when our kids or for me when our kids ask questions that's like uncomfortable, which I, I kind of I'm I'm a little weird because I like I, I kind of like conflict in that thing like talking about hard things. So I remember like all my okay. my in laws they were younger. I remember taking them and talking about porn and them being like oh, okay because like I I just felt like you know where where their parents were like they were going through their own thing. So I knew that they were coming to age. So I was like okay. Like, I don't think they'll be able to talk about that right now and on their personality. So, like, I took it up on myself as, as big brother-in-law. Like, hey, like, let's talk about this. Like, you know, this yeah. is what porn does to your brain or this is what, you know, it was an uncomfortable situation. But it was a, uh, for the most part, it was, it, was, it was my attempt to try to catch it before they were exposed to it on their own. Yeah. And before they got into this thing of where they felt alone. And, you know, if all else fails, what happens is when we address those hard conversations or when we address those things for the first time, somewhere, or I, I would like to believe somewhere in their lifetime, they'll remember, oh, he talked to me about that. And that is what yeah. this is. Or they'll have a, even they'll have a different perspective than when somebody else is trying to tell them something different. And so now they'll be able to have the privilege of choosing what to believe or even creating their own 
uh, from multiple perspectives. And so it, it's that it's that open intention, intentional, like answering those questions and going as deep as they want, but not shine, not shying away and uh, creating those, those those safe places for them to, to be able to open up with that. Yeah, I think it's super important. I think that like being able to really, and this is where I think a skill needs to be developed is having those conversations without shame or judgment attached. Mm, yeah. I have my, I have my belief structure. I have the things that I think mm -hmm. are acceptable and not acceptable, but those are for me. And that's, mm -hmm. and a lot of those, a lot of those structures are based on my relationship with God and the agreement that he and I have that this, yeah. that this is what I'm supposed to do. But if you're not a Jesus follower, if you're not, if you haven't made those agreements and I don't get to mm -hmm. tell you what's acceptable or unacceptable for you. Yeah. I think that a lot of times what happens is we have these conversations with our kids or as adults, parents, we don't have these conversations with our kids. And then our kids witness us judging and shaming and mm -hmm. mocking other people. Yes. So then if your kid finds out that like, oh, I have a tendency to like this thing or be wanting to do this thing, but my dad is always making fun of that person or always mm -hmm. shaming that that behavior i'm never going to come talk to you about it yeah right? so one of the things that I, I really like about like the intentional parenting and and sort of like developing that emotional intelligence is the ability to for parents to be able to talk to their children in like as close to a shame-free environment as possible yeah right in a way that yeah. they can say this isn't really good for me because like even with our kids, like they'll come to us about different religions or different, different lifestyles and ask us. And I always try to tell them like, well, here's what I understand. Here's what I think and feel. And here's what some other people think and feel. Yeah. And here's kind of what God says about it. Yeah. You come to your own, you figure out what you feel about it. Cause I, I don't want to force my opinion on you. And what I what I see a lot of times happening is is the default right is just yep well this is what dad like like I'm a Republican so you'll be a Republican and then your kids will be a Republican and then when there's mm -hmm. a division like oh shit what do we do yep yep how do, how do we move past this because we've never developed the ability to talk about and I think that's what's happening with adults right now like our our whole society is is has kind of lost the ability to go man, that's a crazy idea, but okay. Yeah. It's like, instead we're like, that's a crazy idea. And you're an idiot for thinking that. <laughs> like, yeah. And I think, you know, when we don't do things with love as the primary purpose, then that happens. You know, it, it's, it's that, it's that, that judgment, that shame, that, that condemnation to, to other people or even to ourselves, like that's allowed to flourish when we don't do things based in love. And yep. so, kind of back to the you know creating that culture one of the things and parenting the way that god parents god loves you no matter what whether you believe in him whether you believe his name is this this or that or you don't want anything to do with him or you you hate him you know he still loves you so when we parent when we parent with that approach obviously you know we may because of our belief system and because people you know we are our beliefs we may want to we may want them to respond a certain way but like at the end of the day, it's it's about love. And so creating that space for them to to have those different opinions or, or those different thoughts or ask those questions 
uh, helps kind of develop them into thinking uh, and processing certain things. Uh, and then for for uh, faith-based our, our believers, what happens is like they actually develop this belief system. I've, I've talked to so many uh, just people in general that they found out later on in life that their beliefs weren't actually their beliefs. It was it was manipulation. Yep. It was manipulation from their parents, from their religious, you know, things or, or whatever yeah. that really kind of like rubbed off on them. So now they get to this place where they're like, you know, like I don't, I never did believe that. Because why? Because internally, like it was never developed from the inside out. It was just oppressed upon them. Yeah. And, you know, oppression and justice anywhere, like it, it'll eventually come out, it'll, it'll come to head. But when we do those things and we create that space of love and say, hey, like, you know, this is like exactly what you were saying, like just kind of talking like, okay, this is what I think. This is what I feel. This is what I, you know, when I, when I read scripture, like this is what I mean, like God is saying or, or what God ha has spoken to me specifically and, and showed me. And, you know, this is kind of like the, the culture and this is the distinction. When we take that time and talk with them in love and we don't like just, oh, you shouldn't be thinking that or you shouldn't question God or you yeah. shouldn't do these things. Like they start to develop. Uh, and even even us as well, like when we approach ourselves and, and attack or let's just say you have that, that negative habit that you do not like, you know, when you come to yourself and love me, like, no, like I love me, you know, like God loves me. So like I'm, I'm worthy of love then you can move past that point and say, okay, like that's, you know, that that's why I think that, or, you know, I, I do believe that. And you get to decide uh, when you've, when you created that space or that environment, that atmosphere of uh, that unconditional, like, you no, know I'm going to love you regardless of your decisions, but you're your own person, you know? So this yeah. decision might lead you to X, Y, Z, but you know, my job is to love you and as a parent, you know, if, if I'm talking to my child, like, it's like, I, I'm here to like guide you. So, hey, like, we, we may not do that, you know, but, uh, but you know, let's, let's, let's press through it in a couple years from now. If you still want to do that, then let, let, let's, let's bring it back yeah. to the table. You know, you could talk yeah. to me about that. Yeah. One of my, one of my favorite pastors says no for now, but not, not necessarily forever. Mm, like, that's good. We're, just not, we're just not doing that right now. Yeah. Okay. That's we'll see really what good. happens. Yeah, and so I like that. It helps. It helps almost like diffuse the the victim mentality, right? Like it's not like you're like being a tyrant. You're just saying like, hey, this in this season in this moment, that's not. We're not gonna do that. Yeah, yeah that could be next week. Could be next month. Could be yeah, a couple of years. Um, I love it, man. I I am so grateful to have your friendship and to know you and your family. And this conversation has been awesome. I think what I'm pulling from this the most is like really just, you know, love first, mm. talk a lot, ask a lot of questions. And it really, a lot of it comes back to me for like open-mindedness, like mm, yeah. open. we can set boundaries and we can have discernment. We can have guardrails in our lives that like, this is where I feel like I'm, I'm best served, but not, pushing that or forcing that on other people especially mm, like with good. kids you know and and i really hope that people listening to this are left encouraged that they know that like you know they can in small amounts because honestly man like i know you got two boys and two girls i got mostly girls 
And I, it took me a while to recognize like the impact that my words have on my daughters. Cause I look in the yeah. mirror and think I'm an idiot. I'm like, I don't know anything. Whatever I say is like in one ear and out the other, but mm-hmm. I have learned over time that like, I have to be careful with what I say to my girls because the smallest amount of undivided attention and interaction has a tremendous amount of impact on them. So even if you are mm-hmm. working full-time job even if you are busy 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 you can set aside time with your children and make them a priority and like I asked this question the other day how many of us schedule time with our kids like we put everything else Mm -hmm. on the schedule I got to go to work I got to go to church I got to go to this event I got to go to that event I have my to-do list and I was like how many of us have spend time with child on our to-do list Mm -hmm. we don't consider it because they're always around. But just because yeah. they're around doesn't mean that we're with them. Yep. And, and and so I think hopefully what you and I have talked about, what you shared, will inspire some people to get more intentional. Yeah. And, and you guys have a group. It's uh, Instagram. What's the Instagram and the Facebook? And, and it's a paid group, right? Like they can join it. And Yeah. They are uh, Allie and Pat. Allie, A-L-L-I-E uh and just the, the word and and pat.com they can find like that's where that's where we're putting a lot of our energy um as far as like creating this space which um for for people to to engage and just have a one of the things that we found out is you know it does take a village to raise a family uh and you know we're just we're just creating that space for people who want to be intentional in and in, in building a family and, and building themselves um to come and just get these hacks, communicate with other people that's on the, on the same mission, on yeah. the same kind of like goal of, of this intentionality, um, which one thing I, I want to go back real quick, uh, uh, mainly for like the listeners, is because you can impact your, your kids. You know, if you have a heart, you know, you, you, good parent, you want to impact your kids, you can impact your kids like by your thoughts, like energy is everything. And so the way that we, you know, you may be working, uh, ungodly amount of hours just providing and you know you you you, you, as just your lifestyle what what your lifestyle requires of you right now but you can still when you take the time to dig deep and like get over those traumas those triggers those different things like that what happens is you actually and 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 see yourself the way that god sees you like just in love you know that god loves you unconditionally what happens is that will uh most likely or it'll be a huge part in impacting your kids uh, yeah. way more than uh, uh, your your words would ever in that season, and so that's why we. I mean, we start with the parent, uh, the, the individual. We we have some some people in our group, uh, you know, that they that they they're not they're not single. I mean, they're not they're not married or, or kids or anything like that. They just they 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 want they want that that, that intentionality, and yeah, so it's awesome. it's a group for for any anybody uh, that that just wants to be intentional and building uh in a in a holistic manner uh with other people and so yeah so good man i think it's a really important thing that people have access to and i know some people are listening going i wish i would have done this sooner and and i can testify that it doesn't matter when you start you just got to start because our first two kids and then like you kind of shared a little bit you know you got you guys kind of turned the corner way faster than carrie and i did but you know you still have impact right like you still Mm -hmm. impact your kids 
And regardless of where you're at on that journey with your kids, you can shift gears and you can start to be more intentional right now. Yeah. So I would just invite people to go to allieandpat.com, check it out, see yep. what these guys are doing. I think it's super important work. And, and I'm super grateful that we had the opportunity and the time, especially on short notice, to have this conversation and to share with people. And uh, um, hopefully, you know, in a little in a little bit of time, we can do this again. And we can yeah, just let me know what you guys are doing. So yeah, absolutely, it, sir. Yep. Yep. Cool. <laughs> awesome, man.